The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How? How are you now? Um, I, if you're uh, one of the players that was on the Montreal Canadiens or, you know, the skeleton of the Montreal Canadiens team that played tonight, my guess is you're not doing too great because that, that was an ugly loss. An ugly loss. But as I've said in the past two episodes, right, we're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. Hello and welcome to preseason episode three of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes on the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and that was a stinker. Montreal Canadiens lose by a score of 7-2 to two, uh, to the, the not-so-Ottawa Senators. So the not-so-Montreal Canadiens lost 7-2 to, to the not-so-Ottawa Senators. Um, as, as you guys know, normally when the, when I do these episodes, uh, I do a little recap of the game. I'm going to spare everybody of, of me really recapping the game. I'm going to do it super quick, right? The, the Sens open the scoring, Austin Watson, uh, Alex Belzil gets one back for the Montreal Canadiens. And then Alex Formington, Nick Paul and Drake Batherson all score, uh, in pretty short order between the first and second period, making it four to one. Christian Dvorak gets one back for the Montreal Canadiens on the power play. It's 4-2. Comebacks on, right? Not so much. Igor Sokolov, Josh Norris, and Alex Formanton were the next up to score, and that is what brought it to a final score of 7-2 for the Ottawa Senators in Ottawa. We had to hear the absolutely unbearable Ottawa goal horn go off 37 times throughout the course of the night because apparently every time they score it's mandatory for them to blast their horn six or seven times uh, for each goal by the way not just one time after each goal six or seven times every single time they score it is absolutely uh, completely and utterly annoying and whoever runs that goal horn should be fired immediately into the sun but I digress as I say the preseason is not about worrying about wins and losses. We can't sit here and, and wonder, oh, you know, why did they get killed so bad? No, we can't really do that because this was not the, the Montreal Canadiens, right? There were some players who were going to be on the Montreal Canadiens out there, but this was not the Montreal Canadiens. So what we need to think about is what did we learn? <laughs> and honestly, uh, it, it's it's hard to learn too much from that game, but... I can break it down for you, and I can tell you what, what I saw there, what I was interested in out of that game. And let's start with the power play goal scorer, Christian Dvorak. He is going to be fun. 
He is going to be some kind of fun for the Montreal Canadiens, especially on the power play. He seems to find his way in front of the net, no problem. Uh, he cleans up garbage in front of the net. He can also get tips. Uh, he is the real deal. He is exactly what they wanted when they signed him. Uh, some help on the power play, a, a good, reliable center that can probably center your second line. And he's clearly got chemistry with Josh Anderson and Jonathan Drouin. Uh, they were together again, and they, they looked good. Uh, they didn't look as good as they did in the previous game where, where they piled up points. But uh, honestly, the, the fact that they're gelling this early in, this, uh, in the preseason is encouraging. I think that's going to be uh, a, a good line for, for Montreal moving forward. I, I honestly think that they're probably looking at keeping them together as the second line. Uh, talk that you're hearing right now is that maybe Brennan Gallagher moves down to the third line with Jake Evans and Yoel Armia. And having Brennan Gallagher in your third line would be that's pretty great depth honestly, if you can maintain that throughout the course of the year. So uh, I'm excited about that line, honestly. Even in a 7-2 loss, I can look at that line and say, man, they look fun. And they're dangerous on the power play, man. They are so dangerous on the power play. They, because you have the threat of Dvorak shooting and you have the threat of Anderson shooting, uh, and now they've got some some more threats on the point, right? In last year, for example, the, the main threat on the point was always, always, always Shea Weber. And, and now it seems a little bit more spread out. Chris Weidman, very interesting option on the power play. He, the, the way he moves on the blue line is very interesting. He opens up a lot of passing lanes. Uh, he knows when to shoot, when not to shoot. And I, I like him a lot, especially on the power play. There's some issues with him defensively, right? Uh, the even the RDS crew was was mentioning that like you know he's not the, the best defensively but he definitely helps you on the power play and honestly he is another guy who looked pretty good and he definitely helped on the power play to make them look respectable because the first uh power play that they had was was really bad right it did not go well at all and then throughout the course of the game they seemed to get better and better and specifically they were extremely good when they had that Dvorak line on the ice with Chris Weidman. Uh, they were moving the puck around. Ottawa had no idea where to even look for it. Uh, so that that was an encouraging sign. You know, if, if one thing could have been better for the Habs during the course of most of last year, it was the power play. And if they can, you know, leverage this new trio uh, and some of the new pieces they have on defense into being better on the power play, uh, moving forward, that would be huge for this team. And since I talked about uh, Chris Weidman on defense, I got to talk about another defenseman who I've talked about before, and it's Caden Gooley. Caden Gooley is the real deal. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the real deal. I think they have to give this guy uh, his nine games, right? You can give uh, a defenseman nine games without burning the first, well, you can give any player really nine games without burning the first year of their entry-level contract, and I think they have to do that with him. Right, I think the best place for him to develop this year is probably in junior. But I think you have to give him those nine games and find out, is he that much better than three or four of the other defensemen that you currently have? If he is, you keep him. If he's not, you send him back to junior and he gets to go and you know play in the World Junior Championship and dominate there and probably be a captain for Team Canada. Uh, it's it's going to be a, a, a great year for him one way or another. But give him those nine games and find out because he looks fantastic. And I mean fantastic. I mean, there's a few errors that he made. There was uh, He was on for one goal against where he kind of tried to force it back up the wall and it didn't work out. Um, but I, at the end of the day, I, I think 
he deserves the nine games. I think he deserves a real look and something outside of the preseason. I think we want to see what does he look like in a real NHL game uh, against a, you know another real NHL team and with real NHL teammates up and down the lineup. I, I, I want to see what he looks like there, and I, I, I think that he deserves it. I think he earned, so far in the preseason, he's earned those nine games at the very least uh, and see what happens from there. Outside of that, it, it was a pretty rough night. Honestly, uh, there, there wasn't a whole lot else to get excited about. As a matter of fact, uh, l- let's get into this because anybody who has been listening to this podcast uh, since I started doing it last year in the playoffs, you know I like to complain about the officials, right? They are horrible. And I mean horrible. When I, like, I, 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 I have to stress the word horrible as much as possible. I mean... Sammy Niku playing his first game in a Montreal Canadiens uniform, uh, getting an opportunity maybe to to get himself into that conversation with the Caden Goolies and the Chris Weidmans uh, and the Brett Kulaks of the Montreal Canadiens organization to maybe get that final spot on defense. And he gets, you know, he gets absolutely demolished from behind directly in the numbers by Josh Norris and no call. By the way, there was an official standing right there staring at it and didn't call it. I don't know what that official was thinking in his head about how that's not a penalty because they called other things in this game, little cross checks, little holds, little trips, no problem. But that ref can stand there and stare at a direct hit to the numbers and not call it. You know, it's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable what this league prioritizes. Like, yeah, sure, the competition committee or whatever got together and decided that we need to do something about interference, but nothing, nothing apparently about hits to the numbers or hits to the head, right? No, we're not doing anything about that. (laughs) I mean, somebody on Twitter pointed out to me, they're like, it'd be interesting if they got like the executives of the NHL, like the Gary Bettmans of the world and, you know, had a press conference and showed them video of some of these hits and been like, hey, do you think this is a penalty? If you do, then why didn't your official call it a penalty on the ice? And what are you going to do about that? But of course, you know, if you ask Gary Bettman, if you showed him that exact hit of Sammy Niku getting railed in the numbers, and you asked him, Mr. Bettman, why is that not a penalty? He'd be like, injuries don't affect our bottom line. And of course he talks like that because he looks like Danny DeVito's Penguin from Batman Returns. And if you don't believe me, you know, just go Google Danny DeVito Penguin and then separately Google Gary Bettman and take two pictures, put them beside each other. They are, he is a dead ringer for Danny DeVito's Penguin. I'm telling you. But anyways, I digress once more. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens got smoked and uh, they'll look to do a little bit better uh, in their next game, which is, uh, in fact, tomorrow night. So uh, buckle up, because that one could get ugly as well. Who knows? Um, But we're getting closer to seeing the actual Montreal Canadiens on the ice. I would expect that after uh, tomorrow night's game, I think they'll probably, I guess if you're listening to this on Saturday, it's tonight's game, uh, they will probably start icing something a lot closer to what we would expect to see on opening night. So uh, it's, it's looking up. At least we, we hope it's looking up, right? We, we definitely hope it doesn't continue to look like this. 
because that would be a, a very, very sorry state of affairs. But not to worry, again, right now we're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. So not to fear. Let's wait and see what the actual lineup look like, uh, looks like when they get on the ice. That's it for the podcast today. Uh, we're running once again uh, just over 12 minutes. So, vraiment, grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. Uh, thank you for listening. We are on Spotify, Megaphone, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play. Uh, I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. Uh, as always, thank you for listening and à la prochaine. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.